You're listening to Generation Education and I'm Ruth Baynard. What an interesting chat we just had with Luke. It was so nice to chat with a teenager and hear their point of view about studying overseas. I've got now on the line with me Hayley Harborough. Hayley is a mom of three and we're going to be chatting about her experience as a mom with sending her son to school in Israel. Good morning, Hayley. Hi, Ruth. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Hayley, what first sparked the idea for you to send your son to Israel for school? So I don't think it was quite a spark as much as it's something that Adam himself felt that he wanted to do. It definitely didn't come from us. Um, We were lucky enough to be able to have gone to Israel several times and he always just felt very comfortable there. And I think probably from about the age of 11, he told us that he would want to live in Israel as an adult. And slowly as the years went by, bar mitzvah age and probably just after bar me, he really, really felt more strongly about it. And his argument with us was that if he's going to make Aliyah, which was his plan, is that he would rather be part of the bigger picture and not just come in as an adult. He wants to learn the language. He wants to make friends. He wants to know the lay of the land. And I suppose that's kind of where we, you know, he he was adamant about it for years. It wasn't just a sudden spark and, and, and the whole process started. Right. And how old was he when this ball started rolling? Probably 11, 12. And what age was it that you actually then started looking at, okay, this is going to happen. What are we going to do? Where are we going to send him? When you actually started doing the proper investigation. I think we first really, we in his uh, grade nine, beginning of grade nine, we actually did a pilot trip to Israel to go and look at the different schools. Um, So I think, what was he, maybe 14 at the time? Um, yeah, so I think he was about 14 when we actually made a trip especially to go and have a look and see the different schools and the boarding schools and you know just see what the program we met with the principal there um, so funny enough not the actual school that he landed up at but one of the schools that within the program right so, um, so when you started re- uh, okay so when you started researching all of this are you talking about several schools and that I mean where did you actually find all this information well, Adam actually found it, and I, if I think back carefully, I think that some they must have had a presentation at school in South Africa. There must have been somebody from the Jewish the Israel Center or somewhere that must have come to speak to them or one of these like careers evenings where he heard about the Nile program. Um, yeah, so we actually didn't do any other research past the Nile program. Um, no. Lev Nat from, I think it's from, I think Lev Nat from the Israel Center and Liat like literally held our hand the whole way. So I didn't feel that I needed to explore more options. Um, Nailea's got a group of, I think, six or seven schools. So we were very comfortable with that decision right from the beginning. And also because we'd been to see the school, we'd been to see the boarding school. We knew several kids who who had, you know, who were at the schools already. So yeah, for us, it was like, I suppose, a natural progression. Okay, and and as you mentioned, it sounds like you had a lot of support here in South Africa about actually taking your son and for him to be there. Yes, absolutely. A fortune of support here. And in fact, they're still a great support system. You know, I still don't speak Hebrew. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If there's there's a letter that gets sent out, and I'm not quite sure what it is, I do. I just phone Livnat and say, help, or you know what I mean? So so they, they still are very supportive. 
That is fantastic. And then I wanted to ask you the preparation that you did. So now you've been overseas, you've seen the school that you want to send him to or that he wants to go to. You come back to South Africa. What prep did you then do to send him? And sorry, I just also want to all find out what grade did he go to Israel to study? So he started grade 10 in South Africa and he left he finished up grade 10 in the june and then he restarted grade 10 in the september okay and what was the process to get him ready to send him to israel so so from our personal readiness we actually let him see a psychologist for a couple of sessions just to make sure that that they felt that he was ready and we you know what i mean just so that we could all be on the same page and just give like some life skills I suppose because as much as we give it's always better coming from a third party and then it's not just a simple exercise to go to school overseas there are lots of they do it was a three or a four day quite an intensive psychometric or two days psychometric testing um right. academic testing it's not just a simple case of okay I want my child to go and off you go you have to go through the the process well certainly for Nali I can't speak on other on other schools Well, I suppose Um, they also want to make sure that the child, when they come, they're not going to have this child have an absolute nervous breakdown. And which, yeah, which I mean, obviously you can never guarantee that. But of course, at least you've vetted and said, "Mm, this child is okay. And that went "Mm -mm, not so good. And also to see whether the, like which school the child will fit into. You know, the way they teach at every school is different. The, The focus of every school is different. So... You know, they, I think that for me was was very, very important that they found the right space for him. And they were spot on. I mean, our school selection that we selected, the one that they selected were actually different. And they were adamant that that was the school that he would go to. And it's turned out to be the right school. Um, That's incredible. So, yeah. It's obviously something that they experienced at. Yeah, they come with a whole team, Ruth. I think they came with a social worker, a psychologist, um, never mind the two facilitators. It, it was a whole team that come, and apparently they travel around the world. The same team. Wow. So yeah, so it's it's they, they look. They've been doing it for forty years. So I guess they know what they're doing, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose if you go and do something, the Israelis know how to do it right. <laughs> yeah, and tell me, so he went in the middle of the year. That was grade ten. How long has he been there now for? So he's done. He's completed grade ten. And he's now halfway through grade 11. So I had to work it out with this COVID and being home and being online and then back at school. It's a bit complicated. This, he's been there for nearly two years now. Okay. Actually, that's that's an interesting point. I actually forgot about that. What actually happened with COVID? When Was he there before? So they couldn't actually leave on time. So their first probably five or six weeks was online in South Africa uh, before they left. And then obviously while they were at boarding school, because you can imagine with one person test positive in a boarding school, you've got to yes. kind of quarantine the whole school. So they were the same as here, on, off, on, off all the time. But they seem to be back, back to school full time now, which is great. Oh, that's brilliant. And I have to ask you as a mom, how has it been emotionally? You had to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're welcome you know, to cry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. No, no, it's okay. Um, Ruth, it's difficult. You know, I'm not going to say it's easy. It's not easy for him and it's not easy for us. But, 
you you know, I always say to my friends, you got to look at the bigger picture. The 99% of the time, he is so, so happy. And you can hear the happiness and you can hear the joy and you can hear their excitement. And the opportunity that he's, is phenomenal. It's an, and it's literally a once in a lifetime opportunity. And he, he just, he's loving life. And, and I, I suppose when you hear your son happy, Correct. That brings you, makes you happy. But obviously, if he wasn't, that would add to the stories. You know, thank goodness for FaceTime and you phone in and he's laughing and he's with his friends and with the counsellors. And the counsellors are phenomenal. I have to say, I think that that makes the emotional side a lot easier because they really do treat them like their own children and they will discipline them the same as you do. And they will send amazing pictures when they've done something well. And if they do well on a test, the teacher's phone and they're so proud. So you've kind of got like an extended family there, even though we've never met them because of COVID. Yeah. Um, But it it is hard. But I think for me, he's just academically, he has achieved so much more there than he was able to hear. I'm not sure why that is. I think the teaching methods are different. For instance, they – his particular school has a, they do science, but they get taken to the, the Weizmann Institute to do science with scientists, oh, wow. real life things that are happening. It's, it's not textbook. Wow, so it's very, very practical. Very practical. His, That's incredible. His, yeah, his major is architecture. Wow. Fascinating, exactly. It's fascinating. So I think the opportunity is that for Adam there, because he wasn't really like, I don't think he had any much direction here because he was okay. much younger. And there they kind of do the aptitude tests and they kind of push them in the direction where they believe that, you know, their strengths are. They should be going, I hear you. Yeah. Okay, so now a very, very important question. What about the language barrier? So the first year was mainly, I was going to say English and Afrikaans, but it definitely wasn't Afrikaans. <laughs> definitely not Afrikaans. <laughs> Could have Zulu tossed in as well. <laughs> the first year was, was maths, science, English, and Ulpan. Okay. So they spent a lot of time doing those. Luckily, English, obviously, for, for our kids, with South Africans, was, was really, really easy. But remember, they're at school yes. with Spanish from Ecuador, from the UK, from America, from Japan. They've got kids from all over the world most of which English is not their first language. Okay. So, so um, at, you know, at the South Africans are lucky because English came very easy to them, but they spent a lot of time doing Ulpan, probably a good right. four or five and, hours a day. And Ulpan is just explained for Hebrew. the listeners. Sorry, that's, that's learning to speak Hebrew, okay. learning to, to understand Hebrew. And yeah. how is his Hebrew now? Well, he'll tell you it's terrible, but I think it's great. But, I mean, I just see the difference from when he left not being able to read or write to now writing history essays in Hebrew. Well, there we go, because that's actually what I was going to ask you. Is the schooling as such in Hebrew? So you're from grade 11. The majority of it is yes. But you must also remember that, once again, they're very accommodating. And if, if there's something that you don't understand, you're welcome to say, I don't understand, and they'll translate it for you. They also, it's a local high school, so they have a lot of Israeli kids that are, they come, you know, for the days, like day, day right. scholars. 
but they also have to do community service. And part of their community service could be that an English-speaking person will help an Israeli-speaking person with English. And vice versa, some of the Israeli kids will help Adam with science or history or whatever it is in Hebrew. So, So they learn to work together. That's fantastic. And actually, it leads me to my next question about Israel in general and how has he integrated into the lifestyle? So, look, I I do think they're still in a little bubble because they are, you know, in a a separate little village with all the, um, everybody from all the international kids are in one village. He definitely can navigate the shops, the banks, the, the transport system. They, he has made local friends, like through school, which he mm. does go to for Shabbos, which is great. Yeah, I, th- I think that they are starting to become part of the, the like starting to be more comfortable with it, with everything. But it is a culture shock. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a huge difference to South Africa because yes. they also do school on a Sunday, am I correct? Yes, yes. Okay. So Sunday right. to Thursday. Right. So now I want to ask you, he's now at the school. In terms of when he matriculates, what are his choices and his options? Oh, so it's he actually will get two matriculation certificates. They call them a bagrut. The school that he's at, will he will be able to, because he's doing architecture, as I said earlier, he will get a technical matric as well as an academic matric. So the world is oyster. He can wow. literally do absolutely anything. He's so if he veterinary. right. So if he let's say for example, which I don't know why he'd want to, but if he decided to come back to South Africa to study, would his Israeli matriculant be sufficient for South Africa? Yes, definitely. definitely. I know it sounds almost like a silly question because no, yeah, not. as we all you know. need to have it. You would need to have it like done through um, umlazi and things like that. You'd have to have it converted. But it's uh, yeah, it's worldwide. It's recognised worldwide. That, well, that was going to be my next question in the rest of the world, right? Yeah, and 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 tell me, is this something that, given the opportunity again, would you say absolutely would do it again in a heartbeat? In less than a heartbeat. For my child, but not yes. for everybody's child. For this, let's rephrase that. For this particular child of mine, yes, I would do it in a heartbeat again. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yes, that's actually, right. yes, because I know you do have two other boys. And were they at all interested in doing the same sort of thing or going the same path? Um, so my oldest one, we didn't actually know about the program. He probably would have loved it. But then again, he just loved school here. So for him, it would have been like a hard decision, I suppose. Um, my middle one would never have enjoyed it. So it wouldn't have even been a consideration for us. And yeah, so I'm saying, you know, I think when you make that decision as parents, you have to know your children. They, they, they have to learn to navigate life as a 16-year-old. Yes. Um, you know, you, you have to, I believe you have to have a very, very open and good relationship with your kids that they really can phone you for anything. Because yeah. you do miss out on a lot. So you have to have those conversations every single day. Yeah. And, you know, I found it so interesting. I was actually chatting earlier with the teenager, Luke, who has just come back from Nebraska. He was studying there. And what was so interesting is that Luke mentioned how it was him that actually 
found the program and got the idea and he approached his parents and how you saying the same thing that it seems to actually come from the kids well, I suppose you don't really, or your, your ultimate when you have children isn't really to... Uh, <laughs> to, to uh, farm them out. <laughs> you kind of want to hang around for a little bit longer. <laughs> well, listen, I suppose if you've got a lot of them, you know, I was just saying that today <laughs> is Valentine's Day and there's that tip about the apples with the seeds. And if you have too many seeds in the apples, it can have like 20 children. So <laughs> you never know. Send a few off to Israel. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's something that you need to want to do. The child, it's the, the child himself needs to really want this. And we didn't just badge like at the like he would have loved to have gone in grade nine, but we we, we didn't like we wouldn't even consider it. We we you know we, we put it a sixteen year old like a sixteen an age sixteen kind of limit on the on the beginning. Right. We, we said right. we weren't. You know what I mean? We just felt that fifteen or fourteen was way too young. Okay, so I want to ask a a personal question in terms of finances. Do you get support there? Is it all on you? How does that work? Ruth, so you actually wouldn't believe me because I didn't believe it. And I must have phoned 400 times as a Jewish mother does. There is (laughs) absolutely zero cost to us. There is zero cost to us. There was an initial... I, I, I could be wrong. It was about five or six hundred dollars for the application fee, and then another five or six hundred dollars once he was accepted. And thereafter, you do not pay one single cent. They even go as far as giving them a little bit of pocket money. Wow, that's um, amazing. Yeah. yeah. And they, do they have to do anything specific in return for that? Is there any requirements no, in return? No, no, not. And in terms of this. going. To the army? If they, are they? Do they have to do army at all? No, because they haven't made aliyah. They actually they, they don't make aliyah. Um, they are Adam is still South African, um, and he's on a, a, a student visa. And I think it's pretty okay. much the same for for all of them there. There are some Israeli kids, and there are some that have you know whose parents were Israeli and, and were going to be making aliyah in the next few years and, and opted to send them. But no, there's absolutely no cost, and there is no expectation afterwards either there have been some kids that have left like I said it's not for everyone yes I was um, going to ask about that and do you know which obviously hasn't been your experience but those kids that have left I'm going to assume they can come back to I don't know if they're any South African kids but they can come back and actually reintegrate or start up again where are they in terms of the school year compared to us so we are six months behind Okay. We are okay, six months so behind. So if they had to come back, look, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea how it would work. No, of course not, because you haven't experienced that. But it is something that's interesting to know that if they do come back being six months behind, that's something they'd have to take into consideration because I'm sure they'd have to then repeat that here again in South Africa. And oh, the very last very last question I wanted to ask you in terms of visiting you guys going there to visit or him coming here how does that work um okay so they do get holidays the same as we get like any school has school holidays I think we you know because of the pandemic it has been slightly different because everybody's very nervous to get stuck somewhere 
Mm. Um, but for instance, Adam will come home for Pesach. Okay. Um, yeah. We could go at any time. We're obviously not allowed to take him out of school when you go, but they do have weekends off. They do have weekends in as well, but, you know, I'm sure you just have to organize it with the teachers and it's not a problem. Right, right. Can you ask yeah. him, please, when he comes back to bring a tub, tub of hummus? I love the Israeli hummus. <laughs> just send me your shopping list. <laughs> Hayley, I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, to actually stay on the line because I'd love to ask you if you could give us some top tips when we come back just about going to Israel. You're listening to Generation Education and I'm Ruth Baynard. <laughs> 